on, we're going to carry on our series just looking at this Graham Cook prophetic word that speaks into the power of our identity and who we are in Christ and our intimacy with God. And I want to ask you a couple of questions. What does it look like for the Father's kingdom to shine through your life? To shine through your life. What does that feel like and what does it look like? And in this section of the prophecy, uh, the prophet Graham Cook just unpacks a glimpse of what it can look like when the kingdom shines through your life. And he says in this prophetic word from 2019, there's a flow, a river of promises that will flood your locations. Scripture promises, dreams, upgraded visions, will come to a people who are passionately engaged with their God. More promises than you need, more promises than you require, so that you will release them into your cities and your nations, and the abundance of heaven will water the dry places of man. And I will give you inventions and patterns and ideas that create wealth will come to you from the power and the substance of the kingdom. There will be an outpouring of majesty and magnificence, the like of which the world has never seen. There shall be a spirit of wisdom and revelation upon every city, every town, every village, every nation that will open up a way through the chaos, even as I parted the Red Sea. These times of chaos in the world will demonstrate the power of the kingdom in a way that will rock your world and set you apart as belonging to me. Ordinary people who are powerful beyond measure. I am making deposits of power across mainland Europe and I am planting seeds of kingdom life in every region. Storehouses of treasure to be distributed as you raise up my people to, ex to inherit extraordinary wealth will come to your city and your region. Men and women, older and younger, will pull the, those resources down. Men will have the mindset of Caleb, who saw the giants as his opportunity. He had a majesty mindset, so I called him a man of a different spirit, and so shall you be. Women will rise up in the, in the love and power of the bride, proclaim the one who is their betrothed and the beloved will have extraordinary power, permission and prestige. It's what God is doing in our day. It's what God is promising to do in our day. And, and that really is amazing but it's nothing really compared to what the Bible itself says about what Jesus achieved at the cross. 1 Colossians 1.20, and not only that, but all the broken and dislocated people, pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death, his blood, that poured down from the cross. The cross of Christ reaches beyond say just personal salvation is amazing his death and resurrection 
makes possible the reconciliation of all things. Not just our souls, but systems from broken hearts and broken homes and broken bodies to businesses and ecosystems and the way society thinks. That is the incredible reality of what began to be released into the universe when Jesus says it is finished and which will culminate and finish with the wedding feast of the Lamb, the new heavens and the new earth, all bought, secured and purchased through the life, death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. So I'm going to be brief and I'm going to go through each section of the prophecy and I'm going to talk a bit about what the implications are and what it means. There's a flow of there's a flow, a river of promises that will flood your locations. Scripture promises, dreams, upgraded visions will come to a people who are passionately engaged with their God. And so God makes promises to us about what he intends to do in us and through us. A promise is a declaration of assurance that God will do something or that a particular thing will happen. And he's saying, I'm releasing these things to people who are passionately engaged with God. To be passionate is to have really strong feelings and beliefs and intensity about God as a person and who he is. It's about expressing those strong feelings, emotions for God. Passionately engaged. To be engaged is to be involved with the person of God. To be committed to him in this relationship of love. Committed to him and his purposes in the world. And again and again, if you listen to this prophetic word, you discover that all these things are unlocked in a relationship with God. To be passionately engaged is not to find a list of rules that you now need to keep in order to be passionately engaged. It's actually to hang out with a person that you love to be with. To walk and talk and to eat and be with them. Not because you ought to or have to, but because you get to and want to. And to these people who are passionately engaged... God says, I'm going to give you more promises than you need. More promises than you require. So that you will release them into London, into your cities, and into the UK, and into Europe. The abundance of heaven will water the dry places of man. Amen. Have you heard of people who are independently wealthy? Like Elon Musk and... Uh, and Christine independently wealthy <laughs> people who are just so rich they could not spend all the money they've got because it just accumulates and grows and grows and grows and they have to spend all their time imagining where they could give it away and spiritually because we're seated with Christ in heavenly places we are independently spiritually emotionally wealthy. And that can Amen. express itself as well as Amen. economic wealth and it can, it can express itself as financial wealth and it can express itself as monetary wealth. But we are seated with Christ and so 
the, the reality is we can tap into a realm, a reality, where there's so much hope, so many ideas, so many dreams that come to us not because we're living in an optimistic historical moment. That's what he's saying, that we live in a moment of crisis, we live in a moment of chaos, but because we're seated with Christ in heavenly places, we can get more promises than we need because we're accessing the realm Amen. that's limitless. Amen. So this results in you and me actually having more dreams, more visions, more promises than you personally require, so you give them away. Because you've got so much of it. You're Amen. independently wealthy with Amen. hope. So you give it away. You've got more promises than you need. You've got more dreams than you know what to do with. You've got more ideas than you could fathom. So you're giving it away and pouring it out Hallelujah. to the places where you go and work and live and the Amen. family that you interact with. Amen. So some of you are business owners. What would it look like to get ideas for your business? To take it to another level. So you've got more ideas and finances than you know what to do with. So that you can then pour it out. And it says because you have more than you need. Not just surviving. But because of who Christ is and who we are and our connection to him. We can release them. And as they get released they get planted into the city into Plumstead, into Abbey Wood, into Thamesmead, into Welling. Amen. Ideas Amen. and thoughts that come because of this passionate engagement with God. Amen. And this abundance of heaven then begins to water the dry places Amen. of men and women. Amen. And so we see it sometimes when investment happens in an area like this garden here or the whatever it is a seven eight million pound project to restore the power station up just down the road and the businesses that are going to come in maybe god is going to give you a thought an idea and maybe you will have an office or a business in that place amen the bible says in proverbs eleven ten. The whole city celebrates when the godly succeed. Amen. So as we passionately engage with God, as we've got more promises than we know what to do, with more dreams than we could ever spend, we're independently spiritually and emotionally wealthy, we're giving it away because we've got hope in abundance, the people around us rejoice because of the overflow. And God says, I will give you inventions and patterns Amen. and ideas Amen. that create Wealth will come to you from the power and the substance of the kingdom. Inventions, patterns, and ideas. Inventions, patterns, and ideas. Songs that have never been heard. Poetry that's never been ever written. Dreams that give you the key to something Amen. that's never existed on Amen. the planet before. Amen. Amen. That 
these promises, that these dreams that come from our passionate engagement, they become tangible expressions of heaven's wisdom Hallelujah. and solution. So instead of the church being a commentator on social problems, the church has ideas and wisdom. Instead of living in fear and becoming a bunker from society, what if the church carried solutions, ideas, thoughts? Instead of just saying, well, Plumstead has a lot of people who get released out of mental health situations, what if the church had ideas, Amen. thoughts of what could happen for, for people struggling with their mental health? Hallelujah. Rather than just being a social commentary on violence and gang violence Amen. and knife crime, what if the church, because of its intimate connection with Christ, had ideas and solutions, substance and tangible expressions of the wisdom of heaven Hallelujah. that began to make a difference to social issues Amen. or economic issues. Amen. What about if we had inventions and patterns and ideas that created real wealth for a region? Amen. What if we could come up with ideas and jobs and have people employing and we could employ people and we employed them on a fair wage, a generous wage? Amen. Why not? Amen. That's right. What about if we could be part of the service of an area that changes the economic reality or the spiritual reality or the well-being reality because of the things that are coming from the substance of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so it would touch SE18. It would yes. touch aspects of London. It yes. would pour out and touch yes. parts of Europe. Yes. So being passionately engaged with God and yes. seeking first his kingdom yes. brings, a, brings a person Hallelujah. and then a community Amen. and then even a city into a space of having more promises than they need. This prophecy is opening up our mind to the, 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 the heart of God to glorify Christ to the whole universe, to glorify Christ to principalities and powers to demonstrate that Christ is glorious and victorious and Lord Hallelujah. over all and that the whole of history will be wrapped up in Christ and we get to be part of the glory of the Lord covering the earth as the water covers the sea mm. and sometimes the only thing between us and seeing these things become reality is between our ears and we need the renewing of our mind to think bigger and greater and more glorious than we currently are. Amen. And so that's where we have to say sorry, God, to small-mindedness. Mm. Because there is an invisible realm of abundance that is being released into the earth even now to landmark communities. Hallelujah. And God says, I'm looking for people. I'm looking for churches. I'm looking for leaders who will say... Yes. And then he says, there will be an outpouring of majesty and magnificence, the like of which the world has never seen. We're going from glory to glory. We've got a better covenant than the old deal that we read in the Old Testament. Amen. And 
There's been 2,000 years of glory to glory since the early church. Hallelujah. And so what would glory look like now breaking into the earth? Amen. There will be a spirit of wisdom and revelation upon every city, every town, every village, every nation that will open up a way through the chaos even as I parted the Red Sea. So majesty and magnificence is to be people who are experiencing the impressive beauty of God. The limitless of the king and his kingdom to be intimately engaged with the one who is sovereign and has awesome power and authority he is grand and majestic that's who he is and as we engage with him we become people who manifest who he is to the city to the community in a way that has never been seen before So you might be thinking, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just hoping to get through a week without sinning. That's my goal. Amen. Think bigger and greater and live in the good of the gospel. Amen. You can't strategize for this. I can't strategize and, and we can't strategize and say, Here are the three things we are going to do to do what has never been seen before. Well, it's never been seen before. So it's beyond our asking and it's beyond our imagining. You can't really ask for or imagine what is unprecedented. So what you can do, though, is be intimately engaged with and passionately engaged with the person who knows it all. And that's all you can really do. And that's not a work, that's a delight, that's a pleasure. That's not a set of rules or legalism. Because as we saw, the law is powerless to bring about a desire for intimacy with God. You can't put rules and regulations on this. It does not work, it will not produce intimacy. It just produces burden and legalism and religion. So this is unprecedented. God in this moment is pouring out a spirit of wisdom and revelation upon every city, town, village, and nation across Europe. And we could say the world, but we're focusing this on London, which is big enough. We're focusing on a part of London, southeast London, and we're focusing on Plumstead, that he is pouring out a spirit of wisdom and revelation upon SE18, upon London upon the city of London, upon the areas of London. Amen. Amen. And he's saying that this wisdom and revelation that he gives to people as we love and enjoy him, it opens up a way through the chaos. Hallelujah. And it becomes a visible, spectacular, miraculous thing like the way the Red Sea was opened and they looked on and saw God's hand move and lead a nation into freedom. So we don't know how he does it, we just love it. 
We don't know the methodologies he's going to use. We don't know how we get dreams, vision, ideas, patents and thoughts. We just hang out with him. And Jesus says, I don't call you servants, I call you friends because I tell you what I'm about to do. These times of chaos in the world will demonstrate the power of the kingdom in the way that will rock your world and set you apart as belonging to me. Hebrews 12, 11 says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. I'm not saying God sent COVID. I think sickness and disease are a result of the fall. And Jesus never, ever blessed a sickness. He healed a sickness. He didn't send sickness to teach people a lesson. He came to teach sickness a lesson that he is God and the healer. But it is true that as we go through life and we live in this world, we are touched by realities of a fallen and broken system that the cross of Christ is ultimately going to sort out. And as we touch those things, whether it's the, maybe you're touched personally by the war in Ukraine, or whether you're personally touched by uh, the, the, the issues of, of increasing food costs, or fuel costs, or multitude of different other ways in which chaos is being manifest on the world. And it comes, and it's painful. You don't have to pretend and say hallelujah and praise God for this pain. No, it's painful. The Bible gives us such an invitation to say authentically when things are painful and difficult. But it says, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. It's actually possible to go through really hard things and not be trained by it as well. And so these times of chaos... The problems and the crisis create a backdrop for God's display of power. So as we experience his power in the midst of chaos, our personal world might be shaken up. Often transformation is not something we ask for. We generally don't come to God and say, shake up my world, God, and rock my world. But what happens in crisis and chaos Something that we didn't ask for comes to us and it dismantles our mindsets and our limited beliefs. And it rocks our world and connects us to the possibility of who God is and what God might do in and through our lives. So this historical moment, as we decide to be a people who are not bunker people, hiding (coughs) from the world, hiding from the chaos, living in fear and anxiety, as we say, God, you've got thoughts and you've got ideas and you've got solutions and you've got strategies and you've got wisdom and you've got patterns and you've got ideas and you've got dreams. Download them to me so that I can express them to the world. What happens then is the church becomes a people who are identified as belonging to God. That's what happens. The church then is, well, they're the people who've got ideas. They're the people who are loving. They're the people who are serving the church in, the, in, in, the, in an awful pandemic that hit the Roman world in 400 BC. It was Christians who refused to flee the city and looked after the sick 
the church, identified as belonging to God, not fearing for their lives. 1890s in London, the cholera epidemic. It was Christians who went into the cholera-ridden streets of London and served and loved the poor. It was Christians who went into places and changed whole societal ways and values in certain cultures where only a family was only allowed to have one girl baby and, and they needed them, the others to be boys and if they had more than one girl baby they would kill the baby and then Christians would come and create equality and say actually no a boy baby and a girl baby they're equal the same that's the church it always went into society to change inequality to bring justice to bring answers to the poor. It was the church that goes out and says, actually education should be for all. The free hours. It's the church Amen. that went to the drunks and the alcoholics of the city of London and served them through the Salvation Army. It was Christians in the 6th century who built hospitals and schools and education things through the monks and the Celtic believers. The church has always been known as a solution to situ situations Amen. and chaos. Amen. Spectacularly generous. It's a bizarre phenomenon in our day when the church is only known for who she is against and Christians only believe that their life on earth is to come to a meeting every now and then. It's crazy. Amen. And this breaks us out to see our dignity, our value and our worth. That we are carriers of solutions to the societal issues and inequalities that are in our society right now. And as that happens, the spectacle of the Red Sea being parted becomes something that happens in our day. So this, if you remember to this, this the, the account, the spectacle of the Red Sea being parted was after 400 years of slavery, powerlessness, and into that context, the power of God led a nation into freedom. Amen. And then he says, ordinary people who are powerful beyond measure. Ordinary people. You and me. Ordinary people. These are the people who are powerful beyond measure. This is the revelation that is fundamental for the church to demonstrate the power of God to the world. Not the man or woman of power for the hour. It's you and me he's going to do this through. And wrapping up, I am making deposits of power across mainland Europe. I'm planting seeds of kingdom life in every region, storehouses of treasure to be distributed as you raise up my people to inherit an extraordinary wealth will come to your city. In specific places right now, God is planting seeds of the kingdom. He's doing it right now. In Matthew 13, Jesus says the seed of the kingdom are sons of the king. The good seed are people planted into the soil of a region. And this is happening now. And leaders, the responsibility of leaders to carry, people who carry influence, and if you carry influence and you influence anybody, you are a leader. Leaders must raise up people to be inherit, inheritors. Mums and dads raising up kids to inherit the promises. Reminding people of who they are, their identity. 
encouraging people to dream with God, encouraging people to believe that they can be a solution to the chaos. Notice it starts with a seed. Amen. It starts with a seed, and the seed has miraculous power inside of it. The seed is not a harvest, mm. but rather it's something that grows and emerges slowly over time. And the church is to see herself like Joseph, who opened up the riches of Egypt as a storehouse for those who had been suffering famine, lacking chaos, both in terms of pouring out wealth and solutions yeah. to people, thoughts and hopes and ideas, employing people, bringing justice to injustice in a myriad other ways. Hallelujah. And men and women, older and younger, will pull these resources down. God is the one making the deposit. But we're not pas passive. That through relationship with God, we pull resources down through passionate engagement with God and intimacy. Men, and I'd say women as well, should have the mindset of Caleb. Do you remember that in Numbers 13 that Moses sent some spies in to spy out the land and look at the promises of God and um, most of them were overwhelmed apart from Joshua and Caleb. Caleb saw the giant as his opportunity. He had a majesty mindset. And so I called him a man of a different spirit, and so shall you be. That's a very different way of seeing the chaos and wars and famines and difficulties and injustice. It's to see him as our bread, as our giant, as our commission, yes. as our invitation. That's a different way of seeing it. Is that the way I see? Is it the way you see? Is it the way you think? Is it the way you speak? Does the way we think and speak reflect the spirit that was on Caleb? CCK is called to have a majesty mindset, Hallelujah. to be a church of a different spirit, of a mindset like Abraham, who Amen. says, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, mm. and Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver through his unbelief, through unbelief regarding the promises of God. Very kind how the New Testament reflects on people, isn't it? A lot of wavering, actually, in Abraham. A lot of, a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. And that, see, that could be your past. Mm. You, 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 you might have had a past like Abraham where you think, I've, wa I've wavered all my life between two opinions. I've been terrified all my life. I'm gripped by fear. This can't be me. No, God said, no, you can be like Abraham who had a wavering past but a, re <coughs> but a redeemed definition when God came to summarize. He says, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. And finally, women will rise up in the love and power of the bride to proclaim the one who is their beloved, and the betrothed will have extraordinary favor and permission and prestige. Love, power, proclamation, favor, permission, overflow from intimacy, identity, and connection, and love. Those who just love God and want to be with God, those who simply abide and enjoy who he is, are authorized by God to represent him and his kingdom, not as something they have earned or deserved, but as something that has been granted in the place of intimacy and connection. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
maybe a question that you could go with and I can ponder this week is, what is stopping the kingdom from overtaking every area of your life? What's holding you back? Even now, let the Holy Spirit speak to you, lead you into all truth. Holy Spirit, what might be stopping me from seeing the kingdom overtake every area of my life? Holy Spirit, what would it look like for the Father's kingdom to shine through my life from Monday to Sunday? Begin to imagine, what would it feel like? You don't have to become a different person. It's you, but the kingdom's flowing through you in more ways than you have in the past. What would it look like? What would it feel like? How would you see the world differently? How would you view people differently? God, we want to thank you that right now you are planting seeds of kingdom life in SEA team and in Welling and Plumston. The people listening or listening online, you're a seed being planted into the soil of this area. And God, I ask you that we would see the cross of Christ in its proportions, that on the cross, that all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmony Jesus, all because of your death, your blood that was poured down from the cross. Your cross, Jesus, reaches far beyond our personal salvation. Your death and resurrection makes possible the reconciliation of all things. Not just our souls, but systems that are broken. Broken hearts and homes and bodies to businesses and ecosystems and the environment and even the ways that our society feeds. Blow our mind with the huge purposes that you've given us gifts. You said, I've given you grace so that you might fill the universe. So I pray, God, Holy Spirit, that you'd open our eyes and open our ears, that we can hear and that we can comprehend even a bit of it, that we are on earth for huge purposes, to demonstrate and to display to principalities and powers who look on to see the magnificence of the finished work of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah.